Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braddon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What's up, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm doing great over here, Shane. It is a late one, but I do appreciate those when we're doing these fall camp previews because yeah. it just gives me that extra time to do a deep dive on these teams. We've been jumping back and forth between the East and the West. This time, Shane, back at the East, and we're going to talk some Kentucky Ooh. Wildcat football, brother. Yeah, surprised you ain't got some bourbon laying out, you know, off your <laughs> bourbon trail visit. No, hey, Mike, I'll tell you what, brother. It's been a – it's been a – I love these. I love these. I love the interaction online, man. There's some – I'm still tied up in a few of them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> some of them coming out, it's just like I had a mute conversations because it was getting a little wild in there. But, brother, uh, everything's going good over here on, on this side of Tennessee. And uh, I just wanted to kind of also mention uh, every Wednesday – uh, you know, I've been doing these big orange walks every single day. Uh, obviously, it's a countdown to SEC football, but, you know, for me, too, it's also uh, important because I'm trying to cut some LBs before the season. And mm-hmm. uh, so just a status update for those that keep asking. I'm down 43 pounds now, Mike. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. It was a very nice way in. And, uh, you know, I'm trying. I, I, I didn't mean for this, but now I'm like, dude, if I can cut a hundo, in a hundred days, come on now. So uh, yeah. I, I find myself, you know, not eating as much on my cheat days and stuff like that. You know, it's like because I want to, I want to keep this thing going. But again, thanks for all the love and support, and uh, I love doing the big orange walks because it takes me down. Uh, you know, kind of a, a you forget some of these old games that that you put up. You're doing the research. You're like, shit, I remember this game, man. I was on cloud nine when this was going. You know, it's it's just fun. And and brother, we are so close. We're we're like two months away from kickoff. So not too many Saturdays left, brother. Yeah, and well, and in speaking of forty three, Shane, I think that's how many Tennessee scored on Kentucky. So hey, full circle, <laughs> we could do that last season. But hey, we're propping up. The Kentucky Wildcats, Shane. I made it, uh, you know, no bones about it. I think Kentucky is a team to watch this season. I think they're due for a big bounce back season. We'll get to all that in just a second, Shane, but we like to start these with just a quick recap of last season. We don't got to spend a ton of time on last season, particularly because it was such a, a disappointing one for Kentucky, but... You know, we saw the signs early, Shane, and we were trying to, you know, throw up the caution flags. The offensive line was just a train wreck. And that was just so befuddling because that's when I think of Mark Stoops and Kentucky football, I think of the offensive line. I think of toughness. I think of running the ball. And with Chris Rodriguez suspended, you know, Will Levis ended up getting banged up. It was just... You know, one thing after another, and that was a big reason. And and don't forget, Shane, we'll talk Liam Cohen in a second, but he left, I think it was like right before spring football. So the timing was bad. It was just, you know, high hopes for Kentucky. Didn't deliver. But I think this year, Shane, this is what Kentucky does. They fly under the radar. They'd much rather be outside the top 25 to start the season and finish there than the reverse which what they had last year so I just think Kentucky is primed for a big bounce back year yeah I I do too and it's just 
I, I joke with I joke with you, especially offline, you know, with with the Kentucky love because it just seems like every every summer it just keeps building up. You know, whatever they're doing up there, you just find yourself saying, Well, I mean, <laughs> the stars line up. And, you yep. know, yeah, obviously we had a little bit of a pause last season, you in particular, and you you nailed that one, but uh, yeah, I think it was a, 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 I would say a disappointing season, but it was more of an exciting off season. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're so excited about when we think about the Kentucky Wildcats here. Right. So let's start with the coaching. Like we always do, Shane, of course, Mark Stoops is our head coach going into year 11. Can you believe it, Shane? Mm. Aside from Nick Saban, he's the longest tenured coach in the SEC. He's the all-time winningest coach in Kentucky history. He got that done last season over a guy you may have heard of, Shane. Bear Bryant, you ever heard that name? Mm, That's that's who he beat to be the all-time leader in Kentucky wins. So credit Mark Stoops, uh, his record overall, 66-59 and at Kentucky. And you got to remember, you know, that's obviously not a great record, but Kentucky was basically in shambles when he took it over. Career record against SEC foes, 32-50. and 50. Let's run down each team, uh, the, the record he's got per team. Vanderbilt, 7-3. and three. Love to see that. South Carolina, that budding rivalry right there, he's 7-3 and three against the Gamecocks, 7-3 and three against Mizzou. But everyone else, Shane, he is either 500 or a losing record against Mississippi State, 4-6. and six. Florida, although they have flipped this one, but mm-hmm. he's 3-7 and seven overall. Tennessee, 2-8. and eight. Arkansas, well, he's 1-0. Oh. I, I should have not have omitted that. 1-0 oh against Arkansas. 1-1 one one against LSU. Hey-oh, got Coach O fired. Uh, Texas A&M, 0-1. Oh Auburn, 0-2. Oh Ole Miss, 0-3. Oh Bama, 0-3. Oh and, and this is the black eye, but Georgia – is everyone's black eye these days, 0-10 against yeah. them Bulldogs. So that's the one I think they really want to get over the hump there under Mark Stoops. He's 1-16 all-time against top 10 opponents, 15, excuse me, 12-21 and 21 against top 25 foes. But uh, how about this, Shane? 46-25 and 25 at home, 16-30 and 30 on the road. So much better on the at home, as you'd suspect. But, uh, you know, that's critical as we get to this season because many, many of these key games, these toss-up games, Shane, they're at home. So, uh, big reason to believe Mark Stoops and company uh, can get it done with with the number of home games they got this fall. Even better, Mike, is they can finally drink beer while watching this stuff. So, (laughs) I think home field advantage just got a little uptick, brother, because you know how it is you've been tailgating all day long and then you're having a couple of cold beers while watching your wildcats i think i think that environment can be electric at times now oh yeah i mean that they may move up the whole field rankings <laughs> just for that you know what oh shit kroger finally getting beer ain't that something mike i thought i'd never see the day <laughs> all right so let's move to the assistance shane and this is a big reason why i'm back on a kentucky bandwagon out is Rich Gangarillo, one year as the offensive coordinator. Get the hell out of here. But it's all about who's back, Shane, and that's yeah. Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator. He went one year, of course, as the Rams' offensive coordinator. Hard to fault the guy for making that jump to the NFL Super Bowl champions. But look at some of these stats, Shane. I know you're not a big stat guy, but 
I got some stats here for Wake you. Wake me Shane. up when you're done here. So. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> From the year before Cohen was our OC, so tw- the COVID year, mm-hmm. the year Cohen was here. And then last year, which obviously no Cohen. Does, so that does yeah. that make sense? Yes, sir. Points per game. COVID year, 21 points per game. The, the Cohen year, 32 points per game. Last year, all the way back down to 20. So yeah. obviously you see the impact there. Yards per play, Shane. COVID year, 5.1 yards per offensive play. The year under Cohen, 6.4, a full yard and more above. Last year, again, all the way back down to 5.2. So near identical to to the COVID year. Third down percentage, Shane. The COVID year, 36%. The Cohen year, 50% on third down. Last year, 34%. So you're sensing a theme here, Shane. You're sensing (laughs) a theme. Rushing yards per attempt. 4.9 4.9 the COVID year. Now they were they were money running the ball the COVID year. That's literally all they could do. The Cohen year though, 5.2, significantly yeah. th- better. And then last year, 3.2. So dropped a, t- a full two yards per Jeez. per attempt without Liam Cohen. Now, I'm, there's many factors. You know, it's not just sitting here saying Liam Cohen is on your uh, coaching staff and you're awesome again. But we have to give credit where credit's due. He made an instant impact with this Kentucky program. And I think he can do it again with the pieces he has to work with. And that's, that's a big reason why I'm a believer in the Wildcats. Yeah. I think the key word here, instant, you know, when it, 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 it didn't need to be built up over a couple of seasons and wait till he gets his guys in there. He just was able to plug and play. And I think, you know, similar pieces have been added, and we're going to get to it. I'm going to keep alluding to it till we get there, Mike. But similar pieces have been added to this this roster that are mm-hmm. kind of similar to what he did when he was there in Kentucky the last time. So I think that's yeah. part of the reason we're so damn excited here. Mm-hmm. So, and the only other addition they made change, Jay Bolware, running backs coach, but perhaps more importantly, dedicated special teams coordinator because – Special teams has been a little oh, bit of yeah. an issue at times at Kentucky. So I think you see that around the SEC where we got – maybe we don't have a coordinator or the coordinator's not doing a, a great job on special teams. These teams make a change because at a place like Kentucky, Shane, strong special teams is the difference between winning and, and losing some of these tough-fought games in the SEC. Well, similar to the NFL, man. This is how you get on to – offense or defense you know you got to prove it through special teams so it is kind of like a stair step so and and i think it's a it's a pivotal it's a pivotal part of the game i mean it's 33 percent special teams mike and if you ain't got it sometimes it costs you some games here oh yeah no doubt all right shane so let's get to the returning production for kentucky this fall 71 percent of the offensive production is back that ranks seventh in the SEC. So middle of the road here. Passing only 11% back, Shane. Kaya Sharon, he threw 187 yards last season. That's He's your leader. But don't panic. We got some transfers. <laughs> yeah, we don't remember forget. those games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would be panicked if he's our yeah. starting quarterback. No, 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 no offense. No. Maybe, I mean, maybe he took a big step forward. I don't want to put it on the kid, but yeah. Right, right. Rushing, only returning. 
5.9%. So again, on the lower end, but we got Jatuan McLean back with 278 yards. This this was really the uh, Chris Rodriguez show. We all know that. But here's where we are strong, Shane. Receiving yards. Yeah. 94.6% of the receiving production is back for the Kentucky Wildcats. An outstanding trio they have at receiver. And four of five offensive linemen with starting experience back. Now, they've added via the transfer portal there, too. So, it may not be the same four starting, but uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. Defense, just 55% production returning. That's ninth in the SEC. Uh, Three of the top six tacklers from last season are back, including uh, De'Eric Jackson. He led the team at linebacker with 65 tackles. He's back. 60% 60% of the sacks from last season are back. J.J. Weaver and his extra finger getting yeah. to that quarterback three times last year. It's his sixth 40... year, ain't it? Was... <laughs> yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I, I swear he's been up there forever, man. He's been there longer than Stoops has. <laughs> well, there's got to be some kind of business up there that can give him an NIL deal that's six, off six oh, Street surely. or something. You know yeah, absolutely. And we're bringing back 40% of last season's interceptions. So, the middle of the road, I think, for defense returning for Kentucky. But, man, they have got them an outstanding defensive coordinator in Brad White. Kentucky is always underrated as one of the better defenses in the SEC. So, I'm not too concerned that, uh, again, that we're kind of middle of the road in returning production on defense because it's such a developmental program where every year there's guys – rising sophomores and juniors you ne- never really heard of that step up and become big-time players in Lexington. And it's it's legit six fingers. I'm still there, Mike. I mean, it's not like <laughs> double-thumb kind of deal or a baby pinky. No, I mean, it is six grown-ass man fingers. So you got to check it out. It's the wildest thing I've ever seen. Seems like you should get penalized for that. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, the transfers, Shane. And uh, we like to start with the guys that are outgoing. Lost a couple that'll really sting. Shane Justin Rogers, the the defensive lineman, he's now at yeah. Auburn. That is, I think, the most important one that you're losing. Uh, Kenyatta Goodwin, the offensive lineman, the five star, jumped to Florida. He didn't make much of an impact year one, but hell, anytime you lose a five star lineman, that's that's a tough blow. Yeah. Uh, Cavassier Smoke, the best name in the SEC, Shady. Dion must have looked at the roster and said, oh, Cavassier, I need that guy on my roster. He, he's over there with Colorado, as is Vito Tisdale, who I think got uh, booted from the team. So I don't know if, how much of a loss that is. And then they lost John Young and David Wall, Wallenball from the offensive line. But they went to Miami of Ohio and Syracuse. So that kind of leads me to believe, you know, it's kind of addition by subtraction. So overall, we didn't get hit that hard by the transfer portal. I think – most SEC teams would would be fine with losing, you know, one maybe two impact players. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Kentucky fans are like, "Hey, we're just making room, baby." You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they that's exactly what they did in absolutely. the portal, Shane. They attacked it. They got what many consider, myself included, the best quarterback in the transfer portal, Devin Leary from NC State. Shane sixty percent career passer 6,800 yards at NC State 62 touchdowns only 16 
interceptions, Shane. And you got to remember, he picked Kentucky over Auburn, Mm -hmm. Florida, many, many, many others. So I think this is the best example to Kentucky fans that you are where you want to be in the SEC uh, standings, essentially, as a program where – Hey, 10 years ago, there's no chance you're getting Devin Leary over Auburn in Florida. But yeah. uh, I don't even think it was a stretch. I mean, I think it was expected because he wants to play for Liam Cohen and Mark Stoops. There's a lot of teams that don't put quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and here you're looking at Kentucky. They've done it twice. Two year, or two quarterbacks in a row. Now, one of them obviously was a, just a freak athlete. And you're going to get him on there anyway. But I, I think you've created that kind of stepping stone. And it's not just quarterbacks. You know, they've had defenders come in that were early round draft picks. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. when you've got a track record like that, it's easy to talk to these kids that are in the portal. Say, hey, this is what we plan on doing with you. And this is why you're going to go on to the next level. So, you know, it, he could have went anywhere and he looked at that roster and we're going to get to it here in a little bit. But he likes what they had. And, and I do, too, man. This is this was a huge get, Mike. This was. This changed everything. If if he, if this kid never made it to Lexington, we'd be shitting right. on Kentucky right now. But now they're back yeah. at the top of the East, and, and so I think that's that's pivotal here. Well, it's a quarterback game for a reason, yeah, Shane. Absolutely. You know they get all the attention, all the love, even sometimes when they don't deserve it. But that is the the difference right there. And I think Devin Leary could be a top five, maybe even higher, in the SEC by the end of the season. Now, they also added, Shane, running back Ray Davis from Vanderbilt, of course. Yep. 2,512 rushing yards in his college career, 15 touchdowns. And that was at Temple for two years and Vanderbilt, which is was in the worst shape possibly yeah. ever of any SEC program. Averaged 4.6 yards per carry for his entire career, Shane. When you're rushing for nearly five yards per carry with those – two programs just imagine what the damage ray davis can do if kentucky can block for him i mean he legitimately could be all sec running back this year absolutely and i love rodriguez i mean he was an absolute beast but i'm telling you if you've never watched ray play i know kentucky fans have seen him you know this this is an absolute dude that can do everything he's he's he is a great utility back three down back and uh, a huge asset for this team. It's just kind of funny, man. Again, the portal giveth and the portal taketh, man. And and, yeah. and there, the drop-off did not happen here with Kentucky. Hell, you can right. even argue it got improved. <laughs> now, what we've got a big question mark, though, Shane, on the offensive line. And yeah. they have attacked that via the transfer portal. They added Marcus Cox from Northern Illinois, Shane. He's a six foot five, 311-pound left tackle started 34 of the 36 games of his college career so nearly every one he and again Shane he's he played he started 34 games he's given up three sacks yeah. I mean this is this is a centerpiece right here at, at left tackle potentially if they you don't work have, out they left him a note uh, in the locker room when they played last year like hey what are you doing up there what are you doing up there you big bastard come down here to Lexington <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Hey, that's a common theme. Someone that Kentucky played last yeah. year, so they got good good eval on him. Tanner Bowles is another offensive lineman they added, Shane. He was at Alabama last year. He played 19 games at Alabama. They added Cortland Ford, another tackle, 
from Southern Cal, who had 13 starts yeah. at Southern Cal. They added Ben Christman from Ohio State, another offensive lineman, six foot six, 300 pounds, Shane. Jeez. He was the number 124 overall prospect in the 2021 class. So, I mean, you throw these four monsters into the mix with the four returning starters, if we can't get five quality linemen out of eight potential stars, uh, we got bigger problems. And, and again, this is this is O line U, man. I, I got confidence in them to get a solid five on the field. No, man. I, I think I, I think this is important because you you mentioned the four coming back. We don't need those guys to start. Not saying they won't. You know what I'm saying? But now we've got competition. We're building competitive right. depth. You know, your game three, game five, somebody gets hurt, a little banged up. Instead of him having to fight through it, we've got somebody that can step in and replace him. So that's that's the theme here, and I and I love that they address that in the portal. Right, and we we also needed help in the secondary, Shane, and we got that via. J.Q. Hardaway from Cincinnati. He was mm-hmm. only up there one year as a freshman, but he played in 11 games. He was an Under Armour All-American. And then after their coaching change, looking for, for better prospects, he was rated as the number nine overall prospect in the portal when Kentucky got him. So possible impact right away. Jansen Dunn from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He, he was rated as a top 10 safety in the transfer portal when Kentucky yeah. got him. That's another one. They added, uh, man, there's no way I'll get this name right. But <laughs> NC State running back, Shane, he, he was uh, Devin Leary's teammate. Demi Sumu Karnbeya. <laughs> Apologies, I'm sure that's wrong. 305 rushing yards last year, three touchdowns, another 12 catches, 149s, and a touchdown. So added depth at running back and someone that – the quarterback is familiar with, obviously. That yeah. that's going to help. And then, last but not least, another one I wanted to mention: Shane, defensive lineman Keyshawn Silver from North Carolina. He was a former five-star, so add him into the the rotation on the defensive line. And Kentucky, you know, they didn't add Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn. You know, they're adding like twenty-five, thirty guys. So they didn't get the numbers of those schools, but I I would argue they got potentially the biggest impact gained via the transfer portal, Kentucky did. Yeah, you remember that old game when – I don't even know if they still do it, Mike, when they're at the grocery store and they're just going down and they're throwing in 15 hams and they're trying to get the most expensive thing. Have you ever seen those? I can't remember the name of the game, but they're going down the aisle and they're like – with all the different stuff falling in. And, and that sometimes it feels like when we have a transition like mm-hmm. Auburn – that's what they're mm-hmm. doing. They're just they're just going down the aisle and they're sweeping all these ingredients and and praying that one or two of them hit. It felt right. like Kentucky just went out and got what they needed. Like this right. is my list. Like you know, like, like I go to the grocery store. I've got a list because I don't want to just wander around. You know, aisle six, wondering what I'm going to eat for dinner three days from now. I know exactly right. what we're going to get, and I felt like that's kind of what happened here with Kentucky. They just went out there, they picked the pieces that they need, and they built a damn football team. It's like it's. It's like JUCO has changed. You know what I'm saying? Like JUCO used to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Let's go to these junior colleges. Now you kind of mm-hmm. have that version through the transfer portal, and I just think they they hit. Now again, we got to see them up on the field. We got to see them all together. But you know, if you're looking at these numbers, it almost feels like they hit it out of the park. Right. And to your point, Shane, programs like Auburn, no fault of their own because of coaching change and everything. Yeah. But they they just need bodies. Yes. We're at Kentucky. We have an established program. 
We've got pieces all around you. We need two, three players to plug in and keep this thing rolling to get back to a 10-win season. And I, I think that's why I'm so high on Kentucky because I think they've aced all those uh, – uh, possible additions there now in recruiting Shane they had the number 31 class it's only good for 12th in the SEC so it was a down year for recruiting for Kentucky standards but here's a couple of the four stars they signed the number 22 tight end in the country Kamari Anderson mm -hmm. the number 43 receiver in the country Shamar Porter number one receiver from the state of Tennessee number 29 safety Avery Stewart number 27 linebacker Grant Godfrey number 46 defense alignment, Kendrick Gilbert, and then the number 34 linebacker, Javon Brown. So those are, are the highest-rated prospects Kentucky signed this cycle. And I know you're going to ask me, Shane, who's going to make an impact among this list? I, I don't know that I honestly have a name for you. I'm, I'm already hearing good things about Shamar Porter, the receiver. But the way Kentucky runs things, it's very, very difficult to get on the field as a freshman because right. it is a developmental program, and they just – I don't know. They don't have a bunch of deficiencies. So, yeah. you know, we'll see these guys on the field, I'm sure, in, in some role, but I uh, don't know if we'll see many of these guys be and, freshman standouts or anything, if that makes sense. And, and people – I will say this, Mike. When they hear developmental program, some folks take offense to that, but – some of the best teams in the country are developmental programs. Georgia is a developmental Georgia, program. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Alabama is a developmental program. So I, it's not a knock. I, when you hear that, I, it's just tougher to get, like you said, on that starting roster because you have to build and put your time in, kind of like mm -hmm. some of these NFL rosters, and, and that's just how – Stoops does it. So uh, mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of put a little asterisk on that because some so I've heard some Kentucky fans take offense to that. I'm like, dude, I would love to have a developmental program, you know, when you've got a guy waiting in the wings, you know. So I, I just, mm -hmm. again, I just want to touch on that. Right. All right, and then let's rank the offensive position group, Shane. And uh, this was a tough one for me because a lot of these, particularly on the defense, I don't see a ton of separation, and I, I think that's kind of where you want to be. You don't want to have one group that's really strong and one group that's really weak. These are very, very close in my mind, but starting with the offense, Shane, I'm going receivers. I think yeah. that is, is almost a given here with Barry on Brown and Dane Key, the uh, super sophomores back. We got Tavion Robinson, the transfer in from Virginia Tech last year that really made an impact with this team. Dekel Crowdis, already mentioned Shamar Porter. Anthony Brown is another promising young player. I have heard it described, Shane, that this is the best receiver room that Kentucky's ever had, and I don't think that's uh, a stretch to, sh to say. Yeah, and fast, fast as hell, man. I think sometimes mm -hmm. that's what's got them in years past is this, you know, they've gone against teams that are just so much faster than them, and it feels like this that ain't the case anymore. So we got a ton of different athletes out there, and it's it's not just the same body, same build, man. We got all kinds of different pieces, and uh, I'm really excited about this group because they are fun to watch. They're just fun to watch. A little five-yard route turns into an 80-yard touchdown, you know? <laughs> yep, and they're going to be the best friend of the quarterback, Shane. I got uh, Devin Leary, of course. It, this is in large part because of – the high hopes I have for Devin Leary and Liam Cohen's uh, system. Uh, Kaya Sharon, we mentioned. Deuce Hogan, they added from uh, Iowa last offseason. He was mm -hmm. a four-star. And then Destin Wade, the 
the kind of uh, he he started in the bowl game. He's he's kind of more of a wildcat option, give you a, a little diversity there. But again, in today's modern college football, Shane, if you go four deep at college quarterback, uh, you're doing something right in terms of depth. Yeah, and they needed it, man. They they really did. It felt like there was just a huge drop off last year. So I, I yep. hope there's a big push for that second spot in that roster. Mm-hmm. Next, I got the running back, Shane, led, of course, by Ray Davis, yeah. the incoming transfer. Uh, Jatuan McLean is another solid player. We got us fullbacks here in Kentucky, uh-huh. so I love that. Shane, Justin Dingle, one of the best in the SEC. Lavelle Wright. Ramon Jefferson is one I'm, I'm very curious to see, Shane. I was hearing good things about him. He was the guy that picked Kentucky over Tennessee, I think, Maybe Florida. I hope I, I hope that's right. He had a bunch of other Power Five options. He was mm-hmm. a, a lower school from uh, I think like San Diego College, not San yeah. Diego State, but San Diego or, or something like that. <laughs> he got hurt in in training camp, so we didn't get to really see him last year. And then D Beck with a former Tennessee Vol that that transferred up last year. So fairly deep running back room here for the Wildcats. Is that fine bomb? No, <laughs> tell them we're busy. <laughs> Peter Burns, tell him we'll call him back. We're busy right now. All right, the offensive line, Shane. Again, we're bringing back four guys with starting experience: Eli Cox, Kenneth Horsey, Jeremy Flax, and Jaeger Burton. And then we're adding the transfers: Marquise Cox, Tanner Bowles, Cortland Ford, Ben Chrisman. And this is a group, Shane. Probably by the end of the season, I'm moving them up this list, but. They were just such a concern last year. And, and a lot of – the way I understand it, Shane, they were basically all playing out of position. Yeah. And they didn't have a left tackle. And now they're thinking this Cox from Northern Illinois who started his entire career, if they can cement him at left tackle, shift everyone to the right, play their natural positions, that will help. Uh, at least that's that's what I'm hearing. And, you know, it, it maybe sometimes – that could it could be as simple as that, just playing in the position you're designed for. Yeah. And Kentucky it just gets back to that O line U mentality. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely it. I mean, because offensive line, you'd think these big guys, you could just move them over and it's no big deal. But I mean, there is if you put years of of work in at 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 left guard and you move right. out to left tackle, that's a whole different animal, man. So uh, absolutely, I can see how that could be frustrating. Yeah. And then last common theme, maybe I just disrespect tight ends. We need to do Georgia so that I put tight ends <laughs> first. But I got the tight ends last. Isaiah Cummings is a good player. Jordan Dingle's a good player. Then Brendan Bates and Jack Monday. So not a very deep group, but we got two tight ends. We know Cohen loves to use the tight ends, H-back. So we'll see these guys early and often on the field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it close for you, though, on linemen? I mean, putting the tight ends over them? Well, yeah, because it's just, because like there's offensive more line marks. was yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just such a travesty. But this is more me having faith in uh, <laughs> the the program to to build it back up. You know, I re- I love it. Big blue faith. I like it. Put that on a bumper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the defense again. This this one, Shane, was very difficult. I mean, I'm. I'm splitting hairs here because I think at all three levels we got quality players, we got experienced players, uh, but maybe there is one guy here I think is going to be a huge star. But let's go with the linebackers first of all, Shane. J.J. Weaver, team captain, 120 tackles, started eight games last year. 
De'Eric Jackson led the team in tackles, nine starts. Trevin Wallace is a name to know, Shane. He, he was a huge win for the Wildcats in recruiting. He really started to emerge late last season. He may be the most talented linebacker on, on the entire team. Keaton Wade, the true freshman, played in 13 games last year. He started to make plays. Grant Godfrey, Jai Williams, very, very, very good. We're, we're losing two standouts from linebackers, yet they're still ranked number one on my list. That should give you an indication of the talent that we have to work with here in Lexington at the linebacker position. Yeah, definitely the captains there too. So, uh, yeah, this is this, this is going to be your your bread and butter here, and and getting everybody lined up. Sometimes, you know, I give I give linebackers a hard time, you know, just because I think they're they're overrated. But sometimes <laughs> you get a couple good ones back there, and they can make yeah. the whole defense better because they're a coach on the field. And I think that's what you got with guys like Weaver here. Right now, next I got the defensive line, Shane, and here. Man, anytime you got a big ugly down there with the number zero, you know you got a special <laughs> yeah. player. And we got that on Deion Walker. He was a freshman, All-American, 11 starts last year, 40 tackles. He's an absolute stud, probably a future first-rounder. Uh, Octavius Oxidine back for another yeah. year. Trayvon Ripka. These guys have been playing in the SEC for 20 years, feels like. <laughs> Josiah Haynes, Darian Henry Young, the, the transfer last year from Ohio State, Khalil Sanders, Isaiah Beasley, and that five-star transfer, Keyshawn Silver from North Carolina. Very deep, very talented group. Yeah. Maybe if we had Justin Rogers back, I'd, I'd put them number one. But, again, I'm telling you, I'm splitting hairs here at these defensive positions. Hey, I can't remember. Is, is there any rumors on why he left? I mean, just, why does anyone leave I know, I the transfer portal? NIL yeah, is, yeah. is what I would imagine. I mean, because they got money up there at Kentucky too. But uh, yeah. I think they got more money at places where they're struggling to win football games. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. Booster's like, just pay them already. You know? <laughs> uh, no, I now do the, like I like this group. I really do, Mike. And, and and there's some big big eaters up there, man. And that's what I like. I like them big boys that just take up all that space. And I think that's yep. why some of these linebackers are getting a little more credit. But I, I'm sorry, I'll get off that. You know, it's like, where'd they hurt you, Shane? You know, <laughs> no, I really I don't hate linebackers. I just mess with you. All right, and then the defensive backs, again, pretty experienced group here, Shane. Yeah. So this is not like a huge drop-off here. Jordan Lovett was outstanding last year. 13 appearances, 11 starts. He was second on the team with 62 tackles. Zion Childress is back. 13 games he played last year, 34 tackles. Andrew Phillips, another 13 appearances, 31 tackles. And Alex Afar, 13 appearances as a true freshman, 21 tackles. We also got Jalen Geiger and then those two transfers I mentioned, J.Q. Hardaway from Cincinnati and Jantez Dunn from Ohio State. We got some talent at the defensive backfield as well. And and I think this is um, part of the reason why I like Kentucky. Again, Shane, they don't – there's no weaknesses at, yeah. at all three positions. They're they're deep, they're talented, they're experienced. Um, I, I don't know how you attack a defense like this. Well, I'm I'm glad you said that, Mike, because that's uh, the offense is getting all the love, the new people, the new the new faces, the, the offensive coordinator, blah 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 blah. That's that's the headlines, right? But the right. defense is, I think, the strength of this team. They're like you said, they're deep, they're competitive, 
They're well coached, man. I think we got one of the best defensive minds back there piecing all this shit together. That's why I'm so high on Kentucky as well, just because I think that defense takes a big step forward as well. Yep. And then the specialist, Shane, man, kicker. I got nothing against this guy personally, but he's I got do. the worst, worst kick, worst <laughs> kicker name I've ever heard, Shane. Chance Poor. I no. mean, you got to change your name if you're a kicker. Your name's Chance Poor. <laughs> He was the kickoff guy and holder last season. He'll be battling with Jackson Smith, who I never heard of this website, Shane, but it's in his bio, ProKicker.com, named Jackson Smith the top kicker slash punter in the uh, 2022 recruiting class. So maybe he's a hell of a kicker, and, uh, you know, I, I kid Chance Poor, but it'll be one of those guys that'll be kicking, and then Wilson Berry will be your punter who started the last four games. So, We've had issues at special teams. We've got to get better there. We we need these guys to step up to help the Wildcats this fall. You think his parents run that website? <laughs> <laughs> Make him feel good. <laughs> My parents did yeah. one. This is ranked the top podcast in the country. So <laughs> Shane'sMyBoy.com. Yeah, you know? don't look that up. I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right, the top 10 players, Shane, in my opinion, if it was rated by the NCAA video game, and I'm going with that star sophomore defensive lineman, Deion Walker at a 93. I mean, he is elite, elite. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting wrapped up in the quarterbacks here, Shane, but I'm, give me Devin Leary at a 92 overall. I th and his ceiling is much higher, so maybe yeah. he's uh, the highest rated player by the end of the season. Linebacker J.J. Weaver, give me a 92 for him as well. Ray Davis, love him, yeah. 92. So, where we got? We got three 92 players. Very, yeah. again, splitting hairs with Kentucky. Barry and Brown, the receiver, 91. And Kentucky fans probably like, well, why is he? We got so many good ones. Why? He? The only reason I give him the edge, Shane, elite kick returner, too. Yes. So, you get a little Dude, boost. Lightning bolt. Little, lightning little boost. in a bottle, that kid. <laughs> yep. Dane Key, the other receiver, Shane, 90. So, not far off. He's right there. Trevin Wallace, that linebacker I was mentioning earlier, 89. I think he's primed for a huge breakout season. Mm -hmm. Safety, Jordan Lovett, give me an 87 for him. The other receiver, Tavion Roberts, Robinson, 85. We got three receivers in the top ten, Shane. <laughs> this is one hell of a, a uh, group here. And then last but not least, offensive lineman Kenneth Horsey. Give me an 85 for Kenneth Horsey to anchor that offensive line. Any any objections with with it, those? Maybe anyone I should have put on the list or anything you think? No, I, I think you I think you nailed it here, man. Uh, I'm really I think you're a little higher on some of these guys than I am, but uh, you know I don't know. The more you keep talking about it, the more I start saying, well, maybe he's on to something here. <laughs> he's worried about losing that bourbon. Bet, I know, the more man. I talk here. <laughs> it's like we potentially have one more year of it, so I want to make sure we get them at least one more time. And now you're telling me how good their damn roster is, Mike. Jeez. <laughs> All right, how about the biggest camp questions, Shane? I'm curious to hear what you think. But for me, it's all about that offensive line and yeah. regaining form. I mean, that's, I hate to say just one position group defines a season, but I think it's kind of fair to say we got to get that back. But also, Shane, a level of toughness, which, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say Kentucky was weak or anything, but it just feels like the DNA of this Mark Stoops program, we may have lost that a little bit. 
little too much passing, not enough running. You know, that that's usually what they, they do to you. They pound you to death. They pound you into submission. I'd love to see that get brought back. And I don't know if you remember this, Shane, but in the spring, Mark Stoops called out his team. Remember, he was pissed off. He was, after one of these practices, he basically said the entire team's garbage. And then a week later, he said they responded to the challenge. So, you know, he is finding new ways to, to push the buttons. And I think he understands, Shane, that uh, seasons like last year's, that, that ain't going to cut it. Yeah. And he knows he's got to get more out of this football team because there's more talent than they showed last fall. Um, so I, I'm kind of I'm interested to see if he's got to do that again in the in the fall or if, or if this team got the message in the spring. Yeah, yeah, Mike. And I guess on that note, offensive line was the biggest one for me as well. Just, uh, just not so much the top five, but who's right behind them and how far or how far behind them are they? You know, that we need some good right. rotation up front, and more importantly, we need this rushing attack. You know, back on all cylinders. You you think about Rodriguez, one of the best running backs in the country last year. Yet Kentucky failed two yards per carry. That just blows my mind. Can't have yeah. that. Kentucky cannot be one dimensional. For a long time, that's what they were running. Mm-hmm. But when they had that nice balance, they were tough to beat. So I think that's what we need to get back to our roots, back to a balanced attack, and uh, all of it starts up front with them big uglies. Yep. All right, Shane, so here's our little game we love to play, breaking down the schedule, win, loss, or toss. And, again, I cannot tell you how many times we got to answer this <laughs> on the Twitter, Shane. This is as Kentucky homers. Yep. You know, we're trying, we're, we're trying to walk that fine line of being objective but being a fan and, and just kind of how we a fan would anticipate this season breaking down. That makes sense, right? Yes, yes, Mike. Again, we're Kentucky homers mm-hmm. from henceforth, and uh, we're looking at this as a perfect season. That some of these lingering questions that you're having, like, is the offensive line going to jail? Yes, yes, they're going to jail. Yep. This is best case scenario. Are we going to stay healthy on that defensive back? Yes, these DBs are going to stay healthy. I think that's the key here. Like, this is the best possible outcome as long as the stars stay aligned. So, Kentucky fans are going to love this part. Yeah, so the games that I think Kentucky fans are sitting here saying these should be wins. Let's go through these one at a time, Shane. It's Let's not spend a whole lot of time on the first three. It's all of them, Shane. At home, Ball State, mm-hmm. Eastern Carolina, and Akron, all at home. It would be a major, major upset in my mind if Kentucky drops any of those. Yeah. Well, I told you about piling some of these up, you know, just doing a, a double series here, but yeah, double header. Yeah. All right. And then the following week, Shane at Vanderbilt again, Vanderbilt beat you last year. Yeah. That's got to give you all the motivation in the world to, to take them seriously, to focus. You should be three and oh, hell you should be four and oh, no excuse losing to Vanderbilt two years in a row. Do you agree? Yeah, so you you have this as a as a win, right? This is a win. Yeah, yeah, it's a win. Now here's the one I I might lose you, Shane, but I think it's fair. The following week, Florida comes to town. Maybe we're underrating Florida, but man, we have flipped this series where we have beat them two out of two in a row, and three out of four, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, when you got Florida coming to your building when they're in the middle of a rebuild, 
I think even objective Kentucky fans sit here and say, we got to win this game. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, if you lose this game, it, it doesn't automatically put you behind Florida forever. But I don't know. You, you, you are currently above them, and you got to stay above them. I think this is critically important to the season. So I've got this as an expected win for Kentucky. Oof. Yeah. This is where the tweets come in, Mike. All them Florida Gators coming in. What are you talking about, you crazy bat? Look Did at you see the how last, Billy's recruiting? Or no? Look at the last 20 years, you know. Look, that's that's my favorite go-to. It's like, what? 20 years? We're talking about now. So, yeah, yeah. Mike, I, I think because it's similar with a lot of the East opponents. You know, you're looking at Missouri. You're looking at Tennessee. You're looking at South Carolina. Every time they're playing Florida, they got to get the wins because – they're not guaranteed three years from now, five years from now, because if they do get rolling and these recruits mm-hmm. come down there, you know, next thing you know, you, Florida is not a, a penciled-in win anymore. But until that happens, uh, I, I, I've got no I, – I would put it at a toss, but um, mm. I won't argue with you here with the win either because obviously this is what I'm going to expect to win. Right. All right, the, the next win on my schedule, Shane – is Missouri at home. Mm-hmm. You beat them last year on the road. Mark Stoops, 7-3 over Missouri. You know, I'm not saying this is a gimme by any stretch because we, we're both very high on Missouri as well. But I think Kentucky fans expect to beat Missouri at home. Do you agree with that? I think Kentucky fans definitely expect to beat Missouri. And they mm-hmm. expected to beat them last year and the year before. Right. You know, it's just that's an <laughs> expectations there. So – now, it just hasn't come to fruition all the time, but I think, yes, as a Kentucky fan, this is one that you've got as a win. And the only other one, Shane, that I think they've already got chalked up as a win, I don't care where in the hell this game's played, but you've owned this team in recent years. they got a new coach, so they're in a rebuild themselves. Final game at Louisville. I think Kentucky fans expect Mark Stoops to keep at uh, you know, keep them under his knees, so to speak. Similar to Florida, you don't want to lose your grasp of yeah. this series, particularly to a first. I mean, I think Brom is a great, great coach. He, we seen him at Purdue beat a couple SEC teams. Sure as hell didn't beat LSU. He was gone before that game. Yeah. But uh, I think Louisville will be better. But I still think Kentucky, even though it's on the road, you got to go into this matchup expecting a win. Oh yeah, no, that's <laughs> without a doubt, man. That is that's a tune-up game right there, tune-up bowl game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Are there now? That's all I got. So I got seven, Shane. That we should just chalk up to a win. That's a which, pretty damn good start, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But is there any that uh, you you think I may have missed? Uh, I, I think you're gonna. I think the biggest argument will be Mississippi State here. Um, I think you know maybe it's putting, on the road. I know, I know, but if mm-hmm. I was picking uh, – but you're talking about Kentucky. Kentucky's expected to beat Mississippi State. I could see a tossed Florida, but definitely yeah. a win for Mississippi State. So that's the only only other ones I would put, uh, and naturally, that South Carolina game. But I see why you got it as a toss. So, yeah, we'll get to that one here in a second. Right. So the only two, Shane, that I have is a likely loss at Georgia – I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. It don't matter where you're playing Georgia. It's a likely loss for everybody in the country. And then Alabama at home, which I've already put on the schedule as a top trap game. So um, I, I just think it would be 
it'd almost be foolish to say, yeah, we expect to beat Nick Saban in, in the greatest dynasty of all time. You hope for it, but I don't think you're sitting here expecting it. Does that make sense? Not expecting it. Um, and, and definitely not the Georgia one here, Mike. But again, if it feels like if stars align that we could give these teams a run for their money. And I think that's what you want. Uh, by this season, looking at your roster and everything that we've had in the past to get to this point, and, and especially where Alabama is, you, you're hoping that that's going to – you know, you've got to see Tennessee do it. you got to see LSU do it. It humanized them a little bit. It's Kentucky's time. So I do think it would be a hell of a game against Alabama, but uh, to, to put it as a toss, would I, I can't do that. Right. So that means I got three toss-ups on the schedule, Shane. Tennessee at home. Mm-hmm. Great rivalry there, but it is at home. Stoops a lot better at home. Yeah. At Mississippi State, we already referenced that. And at South Carolina, which they finally beat you last year, but your quarterback was banged up. So maybe a lot of fans expect to win there as well. I'm, toss-up does not mean you, you can't win it. I mean, it's just – it's. It's difficult to win on on the road in the SEC. These are these are essentially coin flip games, in my opinion. Absolutely, Mike, and and I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to it, Shane. Yeah. I just, Breaking down I, I our predictions. I don't want to give up all my jokes just yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go again. We don't got. Let's not spend any time on the first three, all really. Right. But it's win, win, win. Ball State, Eastern Carolina, and Akron. Right. And and. Again, I don't want to just like blow through this because what I think is important is, especially with these new faces, you've got three games to get your shit together. You know what I'm saying? You've got three yeah. games to figure out that offensive line, to figure out the chemistry between the quarterback and these wide receivers, to mold that defense, find some of those replacements. So I think, man, if you're looking at perfect picture-perfect schedules in the SEC, there's not many of them, but Kentucky has one. Right, and how much of an advantage is that, Shane? Because you Huge. look around the SEC. I mean, Florida opens at Utah, and then they get Tennessee week three, and, and same thing for Tennessee. They got to go on the road week mm-hmm. three. I mean, there's there's so many exa- Alabama's got to play Texas. Yeah. Uh, what is it, week two? On South Carolina, they got a damn murderer's row the first <laughs> month. Kentucky, this is basically three weeks of uh, fall camp here. Absolutely. Extension of fall camp. They the freshmen will get to play. Uh the backups will get to play. I mean Yeah. Any any issues they have, like you said, they they can get them resolved before opening conference play. And again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, Shane, but then you start SEC play at Vanderbilt. <laughs> so I mean saying. you're not playing you Georgia, not, you're not playing Bama, you're not playing right. Tennessee, you're playing Vanderbilt and Florida. I mean, you can lump Florida in there too. Again, not not the yeah. the the toughest powerhouse in the in the East or the SEC in general. But you know, your first like toughest opponent if you're as if you're a Kentucky fan, it's not till freaking October. So right. yeah, you've got plenty of time to work through this. Right. So the next game at Vanderbilt, Shane, revenge factor. Ray Davis has <laughs> he's on the other sidelines. He's flip sidelines. Two hundred yards Mike, rushing. Mike Wright. Is now at Mississippi State. We covered that on the last episode. If you missed it, you know this is this has got to be a, a game, Shane, where Kentucky has come in pissed off. Yeah. And the proximity to Lexington, Shane, there. It's sad that that I, we have to say this, but it's true. There's probably going to be more Kentucky fans mm-hmm. at this game than there are Vanderbilt fans. So everything 
going your way aside from the confidence that Vanderbilt has that they can beat you again. But I got to give this one to Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, proximity. I'm telling you what, if I don't see no Kentucky fans at this bearded iris, I'm going to be pissed off, Mike. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> it's just right. If I see you in the stands watching you whoop the shit out of Vanderbilt, but you couldn't come down there and drink beer with Cousin Shane and Mike, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. But No, Mike, I, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. This one, I don't think it's going to be a ball game at all. I don't think they really got to worry about it. You're going to turn around. You're going to hand Ray Davis the ball. He's going to have 200 yards rushing on this one if if there's any prop bets put it all on mr davis here they wouldn't let him stay in school mike they wouldn't ray would have ray would have stayed in vanderbilt but he he had he got in essence kicked out so yeah there's there's (laughs) that's where your anger's coming from all right the following week shane i don't want to put too much on this one but i think it'll feel a little bit remember last year shane old miss they ran through their schedule they were I think seven and zero, yeah. and then they finally had to play LSU, and it kind of all crumbled down because they lost that game. I think we'll have similar vibes here, where Kentucky will be five and zero, or excuse me, four and zero. No one's will be giving them the time of day. They'll say, "Well, it was a cupcake. They don't deserve to be ranked." Yada yada yada. And if they lose to Florida at home, it will validate a lot of those people that say that. Yeah. So. There's a lot on the line, I think, for Kentucky in this game. Billy Napier and company will be coming off some tough, tough games before they get to this stretch. So we'll know all about Kentucky. Uh, excuse me, we'll know all about Florida. We may still not know what Kentucky's fully got. So we'll find out September 30th here in Lexington. But I gotta go the Cats, man. I mean, you've owned Florida. Yeah. You just got to keep doing what you're doing. And and remember all the hype in the world. Anthony Richardson last year, I was on that man. I was driving that bandwagon, brother. (laughs) It all came crashing down against Kentucky. Um, And hopefully for their sake, they do the same to the the next Florida quarterback. Yeah, Mike, this is – this isn't – I say it. This ain't your Papaw's Kentucky. This this Kentucky is used to beating Florida and is expecting mm-hmm. to beat Florida and has had four games to tune up to play Florida. So yeah. when you're looking at those earlier games, their their games should be flawless by now because those little mistakes that you make in week one and week two, that's you know, other department every part of their program there is going to correct it you know what i'm saying like you miss a block mm-hmm. here you miss, i think that's kind of what got them last year it's just there was always something messing up but by this point they should it should be a, a fine-tuned machine and there shouldn't be any mistakes so i i like kentucky and i like kentucky big here brother this moves Ooh. i think at this point you're going to start seeing some top 15 maybe even hovering near that top 10 spot they're going to be pumping up them Wildcats because they're going to be not just winning. I'm telling you what, they are going to be blowing these guys out of the damn water. <laughs> How you like that? Well, How you like and that, Kentucky? We, they, I, I mean, yeah, let's just get to it, Shane, because the next team, yeah. that's where the, the season will potentially be defined. I mean, it could be college game day. Yeah. could be the game of the season to this point in the entire college football season if Kentucky does what we just predicted them to do they'll be marching down to Athens undefeated Georgia highly likely they're undefeated showdown of SEC East Titans and you know Shane for whatever reason I think it's because of that toughness that I was referencing earlier we, we didn't quite get it last year but we've had it virtually every year under Mark Stoops 
they play Georgia as well as anybody out yeah. of the East. They they can match them physically. They just don't have the overall roster because because hell nobody does. Right. But they match up with them pretty well. It's in Athens. Last time they were down, remember that was the game where uh, Kentucky scored like with one second left to beat the spread, and I think yeah. Kirby was all pissed <laughs> off. So uh, I, there's no love loss between these two. But uh, again, I mean, I think this will be a hard fought physical football game, but. I think it may – this is kind of weird to say, Shane, but it may hurt Kentucky to be undefeated because they're going to have Georgia's full attention yeah. locked in on Kentucky. So give me Georgia, of course, in this matchup. But I think it'll I think it'll be much closer than people anticipate. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Kirby is a wizard when it comes to getting motivation out of his team. And, and that's one thing they typically don't do is overlook opponents. But like you said – there's a chance this is a game day football game. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you got yeah. uh, Corso and Herb Street out there, I don't know if Corso's coming up. He may be hanging out in Florida. I don't know what he's doing this year. But but still, he may put a headpiece on somewhere, and, and he's going to get them fans pumped up. It, it, you know, it's everyone's watching it. Media's all over it, so they're not going to overlook them here. I think it's good. I'm, I'm with you, Mike. It's like if you're going to get them, ain't this the year? And it feels like we do this every season, but – I really do think that this is going to be a tough-fought football game. It's going to be an exciting one to watch. I just think Georgia's yep. got too much, man, too much. So, uh, yep. yeah, this is their first loss of the year. Now, potential for bounce back, but also potential, Shane, for, you know, an upset special here because you, maybe you'll beat up playing Georgia. Missouri comes to town. Again, not an easy victory, particularly with Missouri's defense. Missouri, they may have found a quarterback at this point in time, and if so, they are going to be incredibly difficult to beat. But give me them Wildcats again, <laughs> Shane, for a nice bounce-back performance at home. I don't think that's a stretch at all to say they'll beat Missouri at home. Mike, this is I'm – I'm telling you right now, guys, this is the most important game of the season here because Mizzou has that team. They have the team mm -hmm. that goes toe-to-toe -to -toe and can beat you. And if you come ill-prepared, they're going to, you know. And if you're hungover from that Georgia loss, they're going to beat you. So that's that's just one of the things that you're going to have to have some some leadership on your program to snap and clear and get your mind focused on this team because if you're not, you're going to have two losses in a row. And it's going to be tough to bounce back from that. I think, you know, one against Georgia, a two-time national champ, that's okay. But to a Mizzou team, then people discredit everything you've done for the first four weeks of the season, five weeks of the season. So I think this mm -hmm. is a major, major game here, potential trap game. Um, but I'm a, I'm a Kentucky homer today, baby. And there's no way we're <laughs> overlooking Mizzou. So give me another big victory. And we're going into a bye week to play Tennessee Vols. Come on now. Yeah, the bourbon bet, Shane. And let me ask you this, though. Two weeks to prepare. You you almost always want that. But Tennessee has been in the head of Kentucky for for so long. And the two games, Josh Heupel, Mark Stoops, I mean, it's almost like Kentucky has no idea what's coming because yeah. Tennessee scores quick, lightning quick, gets up on them, and it just seems like, uh, I mean, I, I guess it's just the mastery of Josh Heupel and his offensive system. But this is a game that I think means the world to Kentucky and those fans. They'll be jacked up. Hopefully for their sake, it's a night game. Like we got a classic two years ago under the lights. Tennessee came out a winner. 
I think they do it again, Shane. I'm sorry. I just until we see Kentucky slow down this Tennessee offense, I got to go with the Vols in this matchup. Yeah, Mike. I, I tell you one one thing though that that scares me is is sometimes when I'm thinking about Tennessee and the potential that they'll have, that's mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's potential, and you know we're we're not saying this this segment isn't if my opponents got their stars aligned. Oh, this is Kentucky. They've got their, their shit together. Does Tennessee yeah. falls? I don't know. You know, that's the thing is you got to remember Tennessee at this point, they didn't have a bye week. They're coming off an Alabama game. You know, this is their trap. This is Tennessee's trap game right here, in my opinion, because mm. you're going to be looking at Kentucky as a, as a win that this should yeah. be an easy victory and something you could bounce back. But it's it's kind of eerily similar to that South Carolina matchup last year that you just expect it, and then next thing you know, you're you're getting your ass handed to you. So, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm the biggest Tennessee homer out there, Mike, and, and I tell you, this game worries me a little bit, and I. And, damn, this is hard, man. This is really hard, man. I'm really, I'm a he's good. sweating. <laughs> Kentucky wins. Kentucky oh, wins. I, th- I think they got two. Like I said, they got two weeks to get healthy, get cleaned up. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yep. At this point, we just we just beat Mizzou. We got back on track. That's why that game's so important. It's a launch pad for the rest of the season here, and. Uh, you know, how can I sit there, Mike, and, and talk about Kentucky with their amazing defense, with their amazing quarterback, the amazing wide receivers. Let's pretend the offensive line figures it out. They got Cohen back, which gave us a fit the last time we played him. You know, mm-hmm. how can I say that? And then, golly, this is so hard, man. I'm glad this ain't live. Maybe you clean this up. I don't know what you do, Mike, but this was a tough one to say, but uh, – Kentucky by one point. How about that? Yeah. And the ref Spoken screwed like- us. A ref screws us somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a holding. Oh, I, can, didn't get I can already see the timeline now. You know what? Oh, Shane just fell apart. No, I All right, Nick- I, I just, But I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. And I'm, I'm talking past the, the close here. So let's just move on. <laughs> Next game at Mississippi State, Shane. Terrific opportunity, I think, to go on the road and get a win. Uh, in this series, though, Shane, for whatever reason, it seems like whoever's favored to win it, the other team shows up big. So, to me, tough game, coin mm-hmm. flip game. I've already gone against Kentucky on a coin flip game. I'm flipping it back. Give me them Wildcats. Bounce back. Seven and two. I, I still think that's pretty damn good. Yeah. And, and again, Kentucky fans should have this one penciled as a victory. And coming off that that major victory with uh, with Tennessee, I think this one is a done deal as well. So give me another win for the Wildcats. Ooh, could you imagine eight and one rolling in with Bama coming oh, to town again? Maybe another. How many game days can Kentucky get? <laughs> We're about to find out because Bama's rolling in, and I've already said it, Shane. I think this is a perfect trap game opportunity. Biggest game on the schedule that pe- not enough people are talking about because I think you might be dead on. Could be eight and one versus nine and zero, oh, or hell, who knows? Maybe even Kentucky's the nine and zero oh and Alabama's eight and one. I don't know, but whatever it is, this is going to be an epic showdown mm-hmm. that no one sees coming till we get to about the midway point in the season, and people are going to say, "Holy hell, did you know Kentucky and Alabama are playing <laughs> in Lexington late in the year?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've, I've been trying to tell it up, Shane, <laughs> with the weather." 
penalties with Alabama's offense struggling. I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I like Kentucky in this matchup, but I just don't have the guts to outright predict it. I I just think Kentucky fans should be going into this one with the optimism that they can pull off this upset. But I got to go Alabama here, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, and and again, I just we're talking about the 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 gift of the scheduling here. One thing that I do that, that you got to talk about when you're talking about Alabama leading into this one. They've uh-huh. got – this is the road they just got off of. They just got off Texas A&M. They just got off of uh, – who was it? Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, and now you got Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, as a Bama fan, you may want to let your – Can I foot... change my pick? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, here you got Kentucky going up and Alabama potentially losing some of those games, you know, it's yeah. maybe even yeah. the week before. So I think it's a perfect setup for potential upset, Mike. And yeah. uh, I, 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 and I, I can't predict it because it's Nick Saban, it's it's Alabama. You know, you just there, you can't you can't just predict that game anymore or ever. I mean, shit, Mike. Last right, ten right. years, you just can't do that. <laughs> so, but I do think that if Kentucky were to ever beat Alabama, this would be the year. And. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, it's going to be a fun matchup, but uh, I got to give, unfortunately, Bama the victory here. All right, next game, Shane, on the road at South Carolina. You've owned them till last season. The glasses battle here now, I guess we're calling it this here. But uh Yeah, it is, Shane, and I think Kentucky really wants to shut up Shane Beamer and company. They didn't do it last year, but again, Will Levis didn't play. We had the freshman quarterback, wasn't quite ready for the moment. I like them Wildcats, Shane, to have a big bounce back, swing this series back in their direction. Hell, I think they've won seven of the nine against South Carolina. So I think, you know, they go in a a matchup like this with confidence that they can get a W. Oh, yeah, this is personal. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to be burning them damn Viper sunglasses out there in the parking <laughs> lot. This is going to be a, a, a nasty game, brother. And and whichever team is the weakest is going to feel it. I mean, they're going to run the score yeah. up. This, Like I said, this is personal. So, uh, and, and fortunate for the Wildcats. I think they got the upper hand here. So, give me a big victory here. And then like a last-second touchdown that wasn't even needed. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a timeout, you know, so they could save some clock. (laughs) All right, the finale, Shane, on the road at Louisville again. Jeff Brom, great coach. I think he'll help that program. Uh, This is a little bit of a dangerous one, Shane, because I think Louisville can kind of make their season. It's not going to be a good season, but they could potentially make it by flipping this series, beating their rival at home, you know, you can the storylines write themselves. So Kentucky's got to take this seriously. They have got to respect this team because I I think that's the only way they lose it. If they if they just totally disrespect Louisville and they're not up for it, they come off a big South Carolina victory and, and they're saying, oh man, we can get to a Florida bowl game, maybe yeah. even, you know something great. So you got to take them seriously. But I can't take myself seriously, Shane, if I don't pick Kentucky <laughs> to beat Louisville once again. <laughs> For a nine and three season, I think most Kentucky fans would sign right up for that. Yeah, well, yeah, they are not going to respect that damn program. I can tell you right now. Do you see what Louisville was doing? I don't know if this is true or not, but 
they're selling these premier seats around the outside of the sideline. Have you seen that? <laughs> I thought that was a joke. Those no, those no, chairs. No. I, some guy did some AI thing. That was kind of funny because the <laughs> chair made no sense. But apparently that's what they're going to do is have some of these premier seats on the sideline mm-hmm. so you can be even closer uh, when watching Kentucky just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, them boys going to be folding up them chairs real quick. So this is going to be a – this. No respect here, Mike. Kentucky is just going to beat them bad, and uh, they they own that state. So give me another win here, ten and two. And and the best part of that, Mike. Well, I want to say that the best part, but if this was one year later, you're potentially in the college football playoffs with that kind of record. Right, so right. I'm just again, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs this run, but I'm just showing you how close this program can be to being considered mm-hmm. one of the best in the country absolutely well brother uh you got anything else before we hop off the line no uh again i'm going to remind everybody bearded iris don't forget saturday uh july 15th from three to six is that right yeah the germantown location finally remember to say which location that is germantown off uh, van nuss i think it is right near top golf so yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that that's central time right it is Central. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't want to confuse people. Yeah, Nashville is Central time. <laughs> yeah, don't forget them weirdos. I got, got it one hour late. <laughs> I'm telling you, Shay, once you live Central time, you you love it. Uh, the games oh, yeah. don't go too late. You know, they they start perfect time. So I, lo- I love Central time. I, I'm going to be honest with you. All right, brother, if you got nothing else, your, your big blue – cousin over there (laughs) oh yeah that's it man again thanks for oh shit this is terrible that's not how we let me uh let's do that one again um but other than that mike i ain't got anything else i gotta get out here it's getting late it's 10 11 i I still gotta get my big orange walk in uh walk all this big blue talk off you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh yeah she might have to take two showers tonight for for that prediction of 10 week kentucky but i hope everyone appreciated that this deep dive on kentucky we'll be back with another deep dive on the next episode but i appreciate you brother i appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go cats <laughs> do you remember at uh ace ventura when he uh he found out that that cop was a guy you know he's how <laughs> he's in there throwing up and he's brushing his teeth uh oh, that's gonna be me <laughs> <laughs>